Broadcasting live from the Stuart Title Studio on Broadway in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome to Business Radio X, highlighting business leaders, entrepreneurs, and a whole lot more. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, the world. This is Mark Bishop here, and uh, this is our very, very first broadcast from the Stuart Title Studio. It's on Broadway. That's in Tucson, Arizona, for our uh, people listening all across America and around the world with our footprint. It's the very, very first show. If I seem nervous, I am. I don't lie. So please allow for that. I've got some interesting guests this morning. Uh, three uh, very good business people in our community. And that's what we're all about with Business Radio X. It's all about promoting business, big, be it big, be it small, be it large. As large as you want, we have uh, excellent CEOs and managing directors coming on and so on, and all teaching in a positive manner how we can all grow and do well. Guys like Bob Ditko, he's with Stuart Title. It's only fitting we have somebody from the company first up. Uh, Bob is the um, Commercial Residential Business Development Officer, as well as the Vice President of Social Media for Stuart Title here in Tucson. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing today? Good, mate. Great. It's fantastic. And our next guest is, well, he's very well known in Tucson. He's by the name of Bert Williams and Associates. Bert, well, he started, you know, in the kitchen. Uh, something back in 77 as a small little business guy and said he was going to do well. Not only has he done well, but he's become famous. His uh, home office has now become uh, the largest, I think, promotional office company here in uh, the Southwest. Three locations in Tucson, in uh, Tempe, in Arizona, and also in Hawaii. And it's good morning to Bert. How are you, buddy? Good morning, brother. Nice to have you on. And last but not least, Mitch Pizak. Mitch is, well, he's had a heck of a life. He's worked uh, as an executive coach, business consultant, keynote speaker, and facilitator for the past 20 years, and doing so in full-time practice since 2016. Uh, he leverages the award-winning success of turning around and substantially growing, you know, private equity portfolio businesses as well. And we'll talk all about where he's been and what he's done. Good morning to you, mate. Morning, uh, Mark. Congratulations on the inaugural show, the first of thousands to come. Thank you. Thank you indeed. I was going to get champagne and all the rest of it, but I'm flat out trying to get us on air, never mind opening bottles. <laughs> Plus, I thought it would go everywhere, so perhaps a little bit later on. Bob, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you do it and why you do it. Well, years ago, I was asked what was going on in Tucson and how I would find out more as a as a marketing rep for another company when I first started. Uh, as a marketing rep, what you turn around and do is you're trying to earn other people's business in the real estate and in the the lending community. And a lot of the things we would do as marketing reps is offer them things that we can give them from the office. If sometimes it was a pencil or a pad, a pad of paper. But nobody ever gave them answers, so I started classes. And some of the classes I started was um, Pima County Growth. With Pima County Growth, I got to learn what's happening out in the community and then come back and then teach them what's coming in and why it's coming in. Instead of just saying, here's what's going to happen, the Walmart's going on this corner. Why is it going on that corner? So this way it helped out a lot with the growth of the community. And it also raised some some questions here in the in the Tucson area. Mm-hmm. No. Someone was talking to me the other day, and I said, well, Bob's going to be one of the first. Bob, he said, gee, if there's anything going on in Tucson, Bob would know about it. Uh, how does that work? Does your job actually put you in, in, in the front of uh, every time there's going to be a development or a commercial deal being done? No, I created it. When you're starting off as an entrepreneur and trying to figure out what you're going to do with life and when you want to do it, I created my own market by turning around and learning what's happening and teaching it. Therefore, when it came to time to come to Stuart Title 11 years ago, I was wanted. Come in and teach what's going on in the community and get us out in front of the public. So we did. Uh, and I noticed that uh, you have a beautiful classroom here on Broadway at the corporate offices of Stuart Title. You have that pack sometimes. What are you actually teaching? Well, we've got different kinds of classes going on. We do a lot of credit classes for the agents and for the lenders. So we'll bring in special teachers from Phoenix or from here in Tucson, and we get back. We'll turn around and host a class here or there and let people get the credits that they need. Sometimes it's agency law. Sometimes it's contract law. The the classes are harder to get. Mm -hmm. And then other times we teach social networking, creative marketing. Now we teach southern Arizona growth, so we can tell you what's happening all over Pinal County, 
Maricopa County in Benson. Mm-hmm. In so Benson right area. southern Arizona yep. growth, I mean, uh, classes for all the realtors. You know, let's have a plug. Why would I go to Stewart Title versus some other firm, in all honesty? We want to make you shine. We're going to be your heroes. So when you bring your business here, we turn around and get back and let them know we're grateful for everything you're doing, grateful for using us. We're going to make you look at the hero in front of your customer's eyes. Right. We're going to come back a little bit later and we're going to talk about where Southern Arizona is going. Okay. You know, a lot of people are negative out there or as well. You know, it's no good going there, no good going here. We've got a lot of big companies coming here and there's going to be a lot of jobs that are starting to be created in the Southwest. And I know someone's rubbing his hands at that one, and that's Mr. Bert Williams, that right? Bert, boy, and we're going to grow again, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> mate, you started in 1977. You worked in a small little home office in the kitchen table. Okay, this is true. Yes. Right? Yes. And you've grown to three locations now. You're a multi-award-winning promotional products company. And I think the most exciting one... Uh, you've won the industry's top award, which is the Gold Pyramid, three times. So that's not exciting anymore as this one. A special noteworthy is that last year you were named the National Family Business of the Year uh, by the 22,000-member Advertising Specialty Institute, the ASI. That's a big pat on the back. Yeah, that cost $5,000, and I paid off eight or nine people. But, you know, hey, anything to succeed. <laughs> come on, come on. You've, you've earned that. How, when, how do they deduce that you deserve that? I really don't know, um, other than the fact that having a wife and three kids in the family for 41 years must have something to do with being called a family business, which, by the way, is very, very challenging. Um, Trying to run a business is one thing, but to try to run a family within a business is also very difficult, but it's exceedingly rewarding to have all of those family members involved. Well, it must have been a heck of a night for you. There's a nice photograph, which of course I can't show on here, but uh, is that all the family that uh, that came out on that uh, publicity chart? Yes, we, uh, our National Association had a big meeting at McCormick place in Chicago and then we went to the Chicago Field Museum on the ground floor where they have all the dinosaurs and the Tyrannosaurus Rex and, mm. and things and they had 550 people paid $500 a plate, black tie, to stand and salute me and my wife and uh, our two kids and grandkids and it was really very, very, uh, very, very special. Did you cry? I told a couple of jokes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, could, you had to get the tomatoes out of your eyes. They threw it, I guess, but that was that one. Um, you know, um, despite the rare accolades, uh, and your lovely wife uh, has been right there by your side, you must be pretty proud of something that you did share with me once, that you one of the biggest things for you is the retainment of staff. And I think the average salesperson has been with you for something like 29 years. Is that right? That is correct. Well, when you consider today, I think there's an average of a three-year, two, three-year move. That's not bad, is it? Well, we're uh, we're very, very fortunate. Um, anybody that that really has been in business knows that there's got to be something else going on besides just good fortune. And I think it's a, a combination of uh, the fact that the salespeople feel comfortable. Uh, actually, I have been a salesperson, so all my life and uh, so we create quote the perfect selling machine that's going to be conducive to all sales now on a local level uh, recently you were named the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce 2018 legacy member how about that too huh? that only got cost a hundred dollars <laughs> speaking of chambers our third guest this morning is Mitch Pizak I mentioned it before, what he is an executive coach and a business consultant, but you're also on the board, aren't you, of the Metro Chamber? Yeah, I am. I'm on the board of the Metro Chamber. I'm the chairman of the board of Vantage uh, West Credit Union. I'm on the board of uh, the JCC and the United Way. And I'm very active in the SALC. So it's, uh, it's very important to me to be as involved as you can in the community uh, and help out you know, in any way that you really can. And, by the way, I do want to uh, give you accolades, Mark, that uh, you got, somehow you corralled uh, uh, Bob to get in here, one of the premier executives in town, and Bert, you know, one of the uh, one of the true entrepreneurs in town, you know, which is great, and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, Great, and uh, it's, uh, it's great to see you guys again. 
That's good. That's good. That's what we're about, making friends and peace. Now, you were also privileged with um, my partner up there in um, Phoenix, with Karen Nowicki, who is the uh, owner-president of the Phoenix Business Radio X. You've been on her show up there. Yeah, that was great. It was, it was just me and her talking for an hour about executive coaching and business consulting, how you can really help companies really grow, mm -hmm. and, which is uh, very, very rewarding. Well, that's needed today because a lot of guys come out of uni, but they still have another clue in when it comes to that type of thing. Uh, you've been an active board member uh, of numerous public, private, and not-for-profit organizations, which is close to my heart. And I'm going to come back on Bert with that one, too. He's involved with something very special in town, uh, including the Tucson Metro Chamber. You teach the strategic leadership course at the University of Arizona. Yeah, I was asked to teach that also, and, and that was a great experience because, uh, you know, because um, I'm not an academic, I'm not a psychologist, I'm a business guy, so <laughs> I approach everything from a business standpoint, and I made sure in that class that everything that I taught was pertinent to the to the uh, the students that were you know about to graduate and so on, and <laughs> and it really went well. They really appreciated it and so on. Well, you've also been an award winner, uh, just a partial list, 2016, winning the Innovation of the Workplace Award from the Society of Human Resource Management, uh, finalist for the Copper Cactus Business Leader of the Year Award, 2016, 2015, and in 14, winning the Copter Cactus Award for the best place to work in Southern Arizona. How much did you pay everybody? Uh, I just, I just say, what, I just go. What did Bert pay, and I'll match it. So, yeah, so. listen, most executive coaches do have an academic or a psychology background, right? right? Yeah. You don't, which is terrific. Uh, more hope for me yet. But you have a very different background. How does your work with clients differ then from all these other dudes? Right. Okay. So because I come from from a business background. Okay, I, uh, and I work primarily with entrepreneurs and also senior executives and, and large, large companies also helping out their senior executives. I've been where a lot of the, my clients want to go. Okay, I mean, I know what it's like to negotiate deals around the world and look. I know what it's like to hire. I know what it's like to try to attract, hire, inspire, and retain great employees. And how hard it is, you know, sometimes to make payroll and so on. So. I can get very quickly to the answers of, of the challenges that, that my clients have, and they're doing great. They're they're flourishing. They're 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 growing. They're hiring people. It's very very rewarding. And what it really comes down to is a lot of people. Now I, I do a little more than just Tucson. I'm, I'm, I'm throughout you know, the country, but, mm -hmm. but a lot of my clients, a lot of them are Tucson. And what happens is a lot of people in Tucson. They, they were born here. They went to school here. They start their company here. Yes. And and so they're they're very bright and talented people, but they don't have context. They, they haven't worked in, in giant companies like I have global companies. They haven't worked in other cities and other states like, like Hawaii, right? Uh, so, um, and so because of that, um, they don't have the context. They, don't, some, they really don't know what they don't know. And it's just so rewarding working with them and then have, seeing them really flourish. Well, you know that, don't you? You really don't know what you don't know. Yeah. If you don't know what you don't know. Right. But the good thing, I love working with the people that... Where have I heard that before? I know that. So. <laughs> but you love working with people that realize there are things that they don't know. And they're the ones that... Yeah, I know. Really we know what you're getting at. We know what you're getting sure. at, you know. Sure. I, look, I was always jealous of guys getting master's degrees and this and that. And yet I've, uh, I've been heads of companies and award-winning sales and uh, self-taught uh, in the street marketing. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm not anymore. The more I see exactly what you're talking about... Uh, the more it doesn't worry me, and the more I'm grateful for what I have learned and achieved the hard way in life, sure. you know, quite frankly. Uh, Bert's a classic example. I mean, I dared ask you what you turn over on national radio, but <laughs> I know it's up there because, let's face it, he pays everybody. But the real thing is, look what you've built. It must be, it must be such a feeling driving into your corporate office every day flying over to Hawaii every once a month or this or that, you know, seeing how well Hawaii's doing very well for you, I believe. It's huge, isn't it? What I always think of are the seven times that we almost went out of business, Mark. Well, I was going to ask you one of my next questions. Well, what was your greatest failure? Besides being with us as well. Yeah. <laughs> greatest failure. I don't know. I don't think about failure. Uh -huh. I... I I think about focusing on on being consistent and uh, and uh, and being as consistent as I can be. 
I agree with that. I think the secret of everything that we do these days is consistency. No matter if it's on the internet, no matter if it's paperwork that you're doing out there, no matter if it's snail mail, you have to be consistent so that people can see you. If you're not, somebody else is right there to take it over. Mm. You know, it's interesting because all of us are in businesses that people can view and they can try to view as a commodity. You know, I mean, you know, the title is, is a title, right? And promotional products, most of what you you sell, you don't make, right? So other people also have it. And they're, I'm not the only coach out there, right? So when we've got the story to tell, when we are more than just a product, okay? When when we when it comes to service and, and care and purpose, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you that's how you flourish. I mean, like like with um, with Bert, okay? They have you know have over 20 years seniority uh, or consistency with the sales force. Everyone, first of all, they weren't great. Bert wouldn't keep them which means they are great, which means they have options. Yeah, but he had to teach them from the beginning as well. And that's the point. He, he spent the time, he taught them, okay, and then he, in, he incents and motivates them in a way that they want to stay. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the mark of a leader. I think the secret to our success, if you would, I mean, everybody's sitting here making me feel like I can stack babies at a 45-degree angle or something. I can't. If you have a straw. <laughs> I can, but I can't do it with gloves on. <laughs> I, I believe uh, a mentor of mine challenged me one time, and he said, what's the definition of marketing, Bert? And I thought, and I threw him out two or three names and two or three things, and he said, no. He says, the definition of marketing, or anything, is rising above your competing influence for your buyer's attention. And that's what we have to do. We have to rise above our competing influence for our buyer's attention. And in 1977, when I first got started, I noticed that I did not want to be an item seller. I did not want to be thought of as somebody that sells Chotskys. In fact, when my brother suggested I do that, I turned him down for about four and a half months. Right, right. And now, for, uh, well, you know, for people that don't understand what a Chotsky is. A Chotsky, an item, a gadget, a gizmo. A gizmo, a, gizmo, gizmo, a swag. swag. A, a traditional thing that people think of with promotional people, right? Yes. And the, <laughs> now I lost my chain of control. <laughs> you want to retire? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep talking. Well, look, here's the deal. With offices in Tucson, Phoenix, and Hawaii, 3,000 national, international clients you've got on the board. You're not in the top 1% of sales in the U.S. for nothing. All right? Now, oh, these I take ideas. Excuse me, I know what I was There you go. Say. I brought you back. Good stuff. The bullet point is rising above your competing influence for your buyer's attention. And the first thing that I did was create a showroom in every office that we had. We had 50% at least of the offices in Phoenix, Tucson, and Hawaii devoted to a showroom where people can come in. It's like a sharper image uh, hallmark store for corporate purchases. And they can come in and see things rather than we are not, and I do not train our, our salespeople to be item sellers. And you know them. They've called on you. They have a bag full of catalogs. They have a bag full of uh, promotional products, items, and they want to sell you the latest, hottest thing. Our goal and objective is to start with the six points of a good promotion. Number one, what is your goal or objective? Number two, Mr. Client, who, who is your target audience? Number three, what kind of a theme do you have? Number four, how are we going to distribute it? Number five, work within the budget. We always come in with something better than what the client or prospect had to begin with mm-hmm. at a lower price and leave money on the table. Then we come back and ask for referrals. The last thing, item number six, is item. So we do not go for item first. We ask if we can respectfully be an unpaid member of their staff, counsel with them with regard to what their goals are object. What are they trying to do? Maybe they got three or four of them. Well, let's help you decide which ones are the most expect. Most important. Then, who is your gar- your target audience? Number three again is what kind of a theme is it? Number four, how do we distribute it? Number five, budget. And the last thing again, come up with the item. And that is what that's the way that I teach all of our rookies. And frankly, I'm a I'm really enjoying being a mentor to our people and to other people that are actually in the industry helping them become more successful. It's getting more than your fair share of their attention, more your fair share of their promotional dollars, right? It's, mm-hmm. That's what it's about, you know, how you're perceived as adding value enough 
you get more than your fair share. You well, just so many people leave money on the table because they, they just did. go and try to sell frisbees and t-shirts for the company picnic. <laughs> and they don't realize that this company attends a lot of trade shows during the year, four or five trade shows during the year. That's right, that's right. You know, yeah. the whole thing. We'll come back a little bit later on about that with a couple of very Sorry. good ideas. No, not at all. This is great. That's what this is about. I want to transfer this over to Bob if I can. A little bit different when you've got a room full of realtors you're trying to teach. 50, 60, right? At a time. At a time. Okay. Um, what can you take from what Bert is saying there for your world when it comes to that? Do you think that these realtors, are they easy to teach? All, everybody's easy to teach. It's not really much teaching is explaining. When it comes down to it, break it down. Everybody gets a little too too difficult in their, their ideas. Let's take it for a lender. I love lenders. Got a lot of friends that are lenders. But when they're doing their advertising or marketing, they start with FICO score and PMIs and, and things that people don't understand. So when you break it down to simplify it, to where people can understand, you get more business out of that. Today's, we're just getting a little too technical because we know too much about our own industry. But everybody outside the industry may not know it. So some of the things we teach is break it down to an 8th or ninth grade level because that's the average person's what they read right now. Which right. is a, With that idea in mind, you do pick up something like a pen or a pencil or something that reminds them of you, or maybe it's a coffee cup or maybe it's a thank you of some sort that you can go to Bert's place and see. If you have not been in his showroom, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I have many times. It's, it's, really it's incredible. What I like, though, when he does his is the idea. So what do you do to... How do you keep the attention of the classroom full of 50 to 60 people? It's not always that many. Sometimes it's as low as 5 to 10. Sometimes it's more to 15 and 20. When you get 50, 60 people in a room that size over here, you, you get a little nervous. But the, after a while, you, you break it down. You start talking in basics. When we talk Southern Arizona growth, we'll start with Pinal County, and we'll work all the way down to Cochise County and break it down what's happening because it's going to affect somebody in that room. Somebody wants to know when's the next shop's coming in. Somebody wants to know why we only have 3,000 parcels on the market that are for new home builds right now. When are we going to get more? How long is it going to last? Somebody wants to know something about their neighborhood. When it comes to marketing, somebody wants to keep their name out there. So we talk about them. How do you do it on Facebook? How do you do it on Twitter? These are your phone books. This is not your website. Bring it to somewhere else that they know where to get more information from. It's a lead. So keeping them consistency, as we've been talking, being consistent on what you're doing, that's the key. Making things happy, making things positive. Never talk negative. Do not talk politics unless you want to lose half the people at the time, unless you're a politician. Different story. Good luck to you. Um, if you're going to talk about your faith, never deny it, but never get overbearing on it because people still have to go off of trust. And that's what they're trying to do is everybody's trying to trust yeah, somebody to work. That's exactly it. Politics, religion, or sport is our uh, business radio X guidelines. Uh-huh. Uh, this is really all about business and helping because, you know, a lot of, let's be honest about it, a lot of media leans left and a lot of media leans right. Mm-hmm. We lean business. Yes. And we are here. To help businesses, you can't do that if you if you're you know too close to one of the others because you're going to offend somebody sooner or later. You know, you know Mark, what uh, what Bob was just saying, right? Is and I, I I know I shouldn't talk about your competition here, but it has to do with WW or WIIFM. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Holy! <laughs> that's exactly what Bob's talking about. Right? How, how do you get fifty people to just pay attention and be engaged and be excited? You play to the audience. What do they care about? Right. Yeah, well, when we give presentations, like, you always focus on, you know, everything you say should really resonate with them. Otherwise, you're wasting their time, and they're not going to appreciate it. But they walk away with skills they didn't have. You got, you got a client for Absolutely. And when it comes to the marketing, nobody wants to do the same thing over and over again, nor does anybody want to do the same thing all the time. So you have to come up with 10 or 15 different ideas, and hopefully somebody in the room picks one or two of them, a different ones at any time to do that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's just like, 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 like with Bert, right? You know, if, if, you know, I've held the band, right? I've been in sales too, and it's like, you know, you got to have, let's say, 10 reasons why someone wants to buy from you. They don't have, you don't, nobody needs to care about all 10, but everyone needs to care about at least one. Right. You know, what's the hook? What do they walk away with? Both of these gentlemen have been saying something that is very, very significant. And I think number two behind being consistent is the following. Think in terms of the other person's interest. I learned that at age 28 in a Dale Carnegie class, and it changed my life when I began to think. 
not in terms of what I was thinking of, but as Bob's talking about, the reason he's successful with the real estate agents is because he puts themselves in his shoes and he thinks in terms of their interest. What I train our salespeople to do, and what I did and practiced for years, is to think in terms of my prospect, my client's interest, what are they trying to do, mm. and instead of trying to sh cram something down your throat. That's the only way that you can really serve other people, is to find out what they are, who they are, and meet their needs where they sit. I want you to think about a couple of examples, okay? Um, when we come back up to Mitch on this question I have for him, but of where you've utilized how to use the right particular promotional products for a campaign or something for a business. Okay. Right? I'd like you to do that for me. Mitch, most executive coaches we talked about before, you're headquartered in Tucson, mm -hmm. uh, but, but you're not limited to southern Arizona, are you? You're all over the place. Yes. So does that mean you fly out of here and go to New York and go to California? And no, it, it depends on the needs of the client. Some of them are just on the phone, some could be Skype, some might go out, you know, if it's an executive or, you know, strategic retreat, you know, obviously you're mm -hmm. there. And so mm -hmm. it all depends on what works for the client himself. So what are the advantages, do you think, of hiring a, an executive coach and a business consultant that's against not doing anything? Right. So um, most, most successful business people and athletes and politicians have a coach. Um, the, uh, the, uh, you know, if you're running a business, okay, if you're running a business, uh, you know, nobody is confident about everything all the time, right? So you don't want to share your concerns or uncertainties with your employees. You could be part of a group, but then you're one in ten instead of one in one. Right. You could go to your significant other or spouse, but they don't necessarily have the context. You've got a, a coach or, or a consultant that's totally 100% focused on them. When I work with someone, I always start the same way. How do you define success? Where do you want to be in six months and in two years? And everything I do is focus on them accomplishing that. Right. And, and, and it, it works really, really well, having somebody totally in your court. Right. You know, even Bert talked about he's had mentors before, right? I mean, you know, just people that have been where, you know, where you're trying to get to. And but it sounds like you're touching on being a bit of a... I thought there was a big difference between an executive coach <laughs> and a life coach. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm not a life coach. I don't tell anybody to eat more kale. Okay. Now there is a difference. Now, there is a Thank difference. God. It's not my place. That, that, that's, that's <laughs> but I think you and your dietitian, right? But there is a difference between a coach and, and a consultant. And, and I'm actually a hybrid. I really am because a lot of coaches, like the, the, like technically, they're never supposed to give an answer, right? You just draw it out until they finally come to it. A consultant actually works with, with actual individual problems. Because I've run four companies as a CEO, and because I work for the largest companies in the world, I kind of know the answers, right? So we get to it very quickly, mm -hmm. and then we move on. So the time is very effective, efficient. Well, you need someone who's been there, the old saying. I mean, yeah. it's an old cliche, but it's a fact, isn't it, right? It, it what about Arizona itself? It's an interesting business infrastructure here. We are a bit unique. Um, how does executive coaching and business consulting fit into the mix here? Well, it's interesting. So um, I really break it up between Southern Arizona and Phoenix, right? Phoenix, New York, uh, Chicago, you know, places I've lived before, mm -hmm. they know what a coach is, they know what a consultant is, the only question is why you, right? A lot of times in Tucson, it's not nearly as, as people as well known. Uh, and so there's really kind of a lot of kind of training or, or teaching about, you know, what, what is a coach, why you want one, and then why you want to work with them. And, and what I do is I, I, I'm brought in to do a lot of presentations and so on on, on leadership and how to grow teams and uh, and, and how to build a business. And from there, you know, people get to know who you are, they're comfortable with you, and, and you have an expertise that people like it. And honestly, most of it, and everyone here can agree with this, it comes from referrals, right? You know, almost all of my clients refer me to other clients. And mm -hmm. that makes a big difference. Well, that's a big way of saying that uh, whatever you do is successful, isn't it? Yeah, well put. That's a you know what I mean, at yeah. the end of the day. Uh, empirical metrics, Phoenix, the big city uh, north of us, two and a half hours away on a very busy highway these days, economic recovery, it's more robust and it has been than Tucson's. Why do you think that is yeah. other than the fact they're a bigger city? Well, it, it, well, okay, it, all right, so I moved here four and a half years ago and I lived in, in a lot, you know, a lot of, I lived in eight other places and although mm -hmm. I'm staying here, I'm staying here, I'm going to move my in-laws here, my folks here. Good on you, it's a good place uh, to be. Right. But, but I've never been in a place that, where people internally, so many people talk negatively about yourselves and there's mm -hmm. a lot of cave people here, 
Mark, you know what cave people are? Well, you know, they're still learning how to ride a fire type thing. Well, cave people are citizens against virtually everything. Okay? Oh. And you do have some of that here. <laughs> Good point. You know, right. uh, but I love the fact you have Rio Nuevo here. you got a lot of people that are really focused on growing this city. And so I'm really, I mean, we're, we're not as enthusiastic about it as Phoenix yet, mm-hmm. but with, with, uh, with, um, uh, with, with all the new hotels coming in and Raytheon coming in and Caterpillar, we're, we're, we've got thousands of new jobs. Wow. Well, well, it's true, but... To Bob, but Bob Ditko said to me last week, I didn't believe him, but he said to be something like forty to 50,000 jobs uh, over the next few years, not all in six months, but coming to Tucson. We've got, well, it's actually 30,000 jobs that are planned for Pinal County. It's fourteen to 20,000 jobs that are planned for Pima County in the next 10 years. Ten years, okay. Okay, now Born Born Partners is, is working with University of Technology on the on the Bridges project and also over at the University of Technology over off of Rita and I ten. They're taking about three hundred and sixty acres over there and turning it into small towns. You're gonna have luxury homes, you're gonna have a state of the art office space, and you're gonna have places that you can actually shop. Yeah, right the there. question though is what about housing? Housing housing's doing good. I mean we've got a low 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 um, you know, Homes in the market. They are comes, increasing, but they're still yeah. affordable. I mean, you know, well, compared to a lot of places. New new home build hit the medium range of 300000 this week here in Pima County. Right. You know, that's, that's kind of high for where we're at, but it's showing where the market's going. Mm-hmm. September, we had, last September, we had 1,033 parcels ready to be built. Okay, now we have over 3,000. Thank God. Back then when we had 50 different subdivisions, all but three had less than 30 parcels left on each one to sell. The fastest growing area. I mean, I remember yeah. five years ago when I, first, when I came here for the second time. To right. Start, but someone had said to me, a builder, he said, I can't get ahead. There's just no land. They won't release any land uh, for, us to, for us to make a living out of the whole thing. Well, something's changed. For who wouldn't release, release the land? You've well, got to turn around and find the land you want, want and go Tucson for it. To grow. You know that as well as what I do. There's people who don't want Tucson to grow. They want it to stay the nice little country town that it was in the 30s and 40s. As you turn around and get a little older and realize that the people that are in office right now and the people who have that growth, they're starting to leave and retire. The baby boomers are starting to come in. They're the ones that are taking care of mom and dad, and they're the ones taking care of the grandchildren. They're right. the ones that... When we leave as a baby boomer, I'll put myself in a baby boomer spot. I'm not, but let's put myself in there. (laughs) Just wanted to point that out to you guys over here. Just yonder, so but just wanted you to know. But when you put yourself as a baby boomer, when you're when you're retiring, who's taking care of you if you've been taking care of everybody else? The baby boomer is the power. Okay, so they're taking care of the mom and dad, and they're taking care of grandchildren. They're not taking care of their kids because they gave them grandchildren at such a young age. Like I'm doing it for Junior Junior. Now when they leave, they want to be. Prepared. So if you're thinking that downtown's built for the kids, it's not. It's built for the baby boomers that are going to turn around and expand and grow. Mm, I thought it was built for the university students. You wish, but you know, for the most part, you've got we've got 690 more units for living space coming in plan right now in the next three years being built. They're putting over $390 million in downtown alone. We've already spent $750 million in the last four years downtown alone. That's private money. That's not even the, the real Nuevo money that we're counting. Let's talk about real Nuevo. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, they've done a great job. They just got uh, 10 additional years yep. know, approved. Uh, they've done some you know, some amazing work with uh, the AC Hotel, new headquarters for Caterpillar. they got the Moxie Hotel coming. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really, you know, what a great investment. It really is a terrific investment on you know, on, uh, for the tax savings. It's true. They announced a TCC hotel, which I have 125 rooms right there. We're looking at, we brought in 35 new businesses last year. They're looking at 32 new businesses this year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be growing for quite a while, along with bringing in places to live. Well, they just need more parking, don't they, really, in a better spots and then have some more restaurants? More well, well more you know, it's interesting you talk about that, right? So we now have 84 restaurants downtown. downtown right? you, go, you go back eight years before I was here. Before I was saying, it was 14. It was all, yeah, it was all boarded up, right? It's great. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a great point you made, Bob, that, you know, the downtowns, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's obviously, it's great for youth and so on. Ute, Ute. Right? <laughs> well, it's a Ute, right? <laughs> but it's also you know, for older people. Also, it's a very manageable city, which is wonderful. You know the uh, the streetcar. You know that's doing great. Um, it's uh, it's a very exciting place to be. It's a good time to be here, and what a wonderful place time for you know radio uh, radio. Uh, 
business radio, right? Mm -hmm. Very exciting. One of the challenges of local employers is being able to hire enough qualified employees, right? Any counseling advice there, guys? Did you provide to your clients or to people when you talk about things, people you meet? There's more jobs coming in, especially in the biotech area, that we're going to be hiring from the U of A and hopefully keeping from the U of A. That's why they're working with Born Partners is working out there at the the bridges, bringing in people, wanting to work with them, wanting to train them, and then hopefully they stay. They're putting a 400,000-square-foot building out there, mm-hmm. along with research space and also with office space, hopefully to keep the University of Arizona students right there where they're learning. Yeah, well, why should everybody leave here as a young 18, 19, 20-year-old and go everywhere else to get a job when really they'd like to stay here well, and, and have a home here and a family and spend money here? Yeah, it's, it's really too bad they have the commencement address at the airport. Right. Because they only keep like 14 <laughs> Kids, you know, but you know, a big part of what I do it, it, is working with 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 companies, it, you know, entrepreneurial companies, small medium companies. How do they get great employees? And it all has to do with attracting, hiring, inspiring, retaining great employees. And you have to have a story to tell. Great employees have choices. I mean, uh, uh, Raytheon right now is looking for thirty different secretaries because they're they're growing so. Well, right. If you're a small company, that's what you're competing against. But there are reasons. There are reasons to go to a smaller company. But you have to have a story. You've got to have the purpose. You have to be enticing to them. And there's a way to do that. But it doesn't happen just by luck. Mm. Do you, what, what sort of secretary would you have to be for the I wonder? Uh, Top the science or what? <laughs> I just, you know what? Right now, they'll, if, if they're good, if they're good, they'll, they'll hire them. But the point is, is those people that are admins, they have choices. And even more so, think about IT people. And engineers and salespeople. Every every uh, right. You know, you know, everyone is competing for a, a relatively small base. Um, but you can do it. You can succeed. But you have to do it the right way, not the way it was done 20 years ago. It's not that easy now. We're past the halfway mark, but um, you're listening. Just in case you've tuned in, you're listening to Business Radio X, Tucson Business Radio, here coming out of the Stuart Titles Studio on Broadway in Tucson. My guests today are Mitch Pizak, Bert Williams, and Bob Yutko. Now, Bert, you have on your private life, you do something very, very nice for charity. I think the, uh, it's called Young Life, isn't it? Young Lives? Young Lives, yes. Uh, Young Lives is a small part of Young Life, uh, which is a Christian outreach to high school kids, uh, high school, junior, high kid. Young Lives came out of that uh, about uh, 20 years ago when it was discovered that boyfriend, girlfriend in high school get pregnant, boyfriends run away now. They used to get married. And uh, so, to much to the credit of the young women, they had their babies. And my second child, Mike, is adopted. And so we, uh, we're really sensitive to, uh, to that and honoring the women that, uh, that do go ahead and have their babies. And so Young Lives is something that's very dear to Ann and Bert's heart, and we do whatever we can to help. Which is very good, and thank you for that. Now, Bob, you're involved pretty heavily in this city. Yeah. This growing city. Uh Wonderful town. You see a lot of things, uh, a lot of, I think there's something like, is it 3,100 not-for-profits? or uh, It's a big amount, isn't it? Pima County has the highest per capita number of not-for-profits in in the nation, which is actually not a good thing. No, no, it's fairly competitive, isn't it? Well, it is, because you're not, you're not, uh, you know, combining resources. Right. So, but it, but it's a very gracious and, and giving town, which is on the other side, which is really well. It is. No, that's what we do at Stuart Title. We work with a lot of nonprofits, yeah. and it's not just us; it's our family. See, Stuart Title is is a family here in Tucson. We don't consider ourselves employees with each other. We consider ourselves a team and a family. So we work together. And then everybody's got their heart set on some nonprofit. My daughter and I, we had March of Dimes, where she went up and spoke in front of 300 people, and we raised a lot of money in those weeks and those months and through the years. But we also have the house that Rafferty built that's with Habitat to Humanity. And we, there's so many different ones we care with what and work with. What was that one, the house that Rafferty built? When... Uh, not the Jack <laughs> built, it's the one that Rafferty built. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me. <laughs> John Rafferty was the one that that's brought me here to Tucson, or brought me here to Stuart Town when um, he was took it over again and was running it. Oh. And um, when he passed away, 
it was Sean Rubianos who thought about the idea of bringing something to us that would remind us of John. So we did that House of Rafferty built out in Habitat and Humanity, and we raised the money to build those homes. And some of the classes that we do here, when um, we do a nonprofit class, we'll turn around and put that money towards the middle of the house that Rafferty built. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Stuart title is... Uh in the forefront. We are so grateful on everything we do, and we are so grateful to give back to the community. And if it wasn't for being a family and a team here, we wouldn't exist. So there you go. And no doubt, Mitch, you've seen quite a bit now. Yeah, I mean, uh, United Way, you know, I was on their board, they, they just do some wonderful work. Um, uh, you know, uh, Stuart Title does, you know, Jim Click does, you know, there's a lot. And what I really like about a lot of the uh, not-for-profits here is the money really does go where it needs to go. You know, you know, there are Gee, what a concept! Huh? Well, I'll tell you. You know, you know the average. Uh, you know, the average not-for-profit is over over twenty-five percent is admin. Okay, if you can be at ten percent or less, yeah, that's good. And then we've got a lot here that are even less than that. Well, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's still a business. Whichever way you look at it, right? And you've still got to get good people to get the job done. You've still got to pay people. You still have, I mean, labor is not cheap. Not everybody's going to volunteer to work for nothing. But there's a fine line of being gluttonous, isn't it, when it comes to that? Well, it's a great point. I mean, you know, it, it, you know it's an expression I shouldn't even make it up. But, you know, you, you need to do well before you can do good, right? I mean, Stuart Title, right? They give a tremendous amount back. They couldn't give it back if the company wasn't flourishing, right? You know, same thing, you know, with your group. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of that. Also, it's very interesting you just said that. When it comes to not-for-profits, they show if you hire good people and you pay them, they more than make it up. They more than make up. So Absolutely. Many, I agree. You know, so many not-for-profits are so starved for employees, like, like you know, you just said, Mark, mm-hmm. that they can't be as effective as they could be. But smart leadership, smart leadership is such a wonderful return you know, to the community. Yeah, well, are more good people coming into town as well. But uh, I think we touched on it before. Just share with us, would you, one or two little stories about how your business really works in the real world. Yes, I'd love to. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I think, first of all, you have to start with the two basic types of advertising. There are the, or there is the uh, shotgun media, and then there's the rifle media. The shotgun media is, uh, is caused to reach out into the community and hit, just like a shotgun shell, it hits all kinds of markets. Um, the rifle media is that that can be focused and very pinpointed and, and very, very direct. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the small companies are unable to spend the big bucks on newspaper, radio, television, and things like that. And in addition to that, they probably don't need to. I mean, why does a tanning salon or a smoothie shop need to reach any more than two or three miles radius from where they're at? So they don't need to be on radio, TV, or newspaper. I'd like to give you a little uh, marketing idea that we did. This is an actual case history that... uh, uh, about a new tanning salon that opened their doors in a neighborhood that was ideal for business. Um, the uh, business started off slowly because a competitor, a national franchise, was, was within a mile of their store. Uh, trouble? You, you bet. But, uh, but not for long. What we did is we approached the tanning salon and a local smoothie shop two blocks away and put them together in a win-win concept called a cross-promotion that benefited both of them. Here's how it worked. Both the tanning salon and the smoothie shop bought a promotional product. They bought a two-inch by two-inch Bic sticky note, and they turned those into coupons, and then they distributed them in their stores uh, as a traffic builder. The smoothie shop attached a tanning salon coupon to the cash register, offering uh, a free tanning session with the purchase of a smoothie. The tanning salon then did the same thing for the smoothie shop. Tanning Salon even kept flyers on their countertops to help their buddy. Mm. Business picked up almost immediately for both companies, but it didn't stop there. The cross-promotion was so successful that both companies began using the sticky note coupons with other businesses in the neighborhood. My goodness, what a unique thought. (laughs) The smoothie company developed a co-sponsorship with a health fitness club, and the Tanning Salon expanded their partnership with a local hair and nail salon. Community began to work together and network in a common uh, mm-hmm. purpose, 
And it was a very inexpensive, small, sticky notepad as a common denominator. Win-win situation. Yep, very simple too. And yet you can get people to say, oh, no, 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 they're down the road, they're competition. I'm well, a little bit the thing that, that we fight all the time is the fact that you're in a Trotsky business, you're in the trash and trinket business, you're in the gotcha, the, the swag. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem with that because, deeply, because that's the basic feeling that so many of the population of, of the world have about our industry. But they just don't understand how effective it can be in developing and increasing the ROI. There you go. So, Mitch, you would have had some experiences over the years. Yeah, you know, it's a great point. Like, like Bert just said, you know, what did he do, right? He focused on the differentiation of the smaller companies, right? And instead of being defensive about it or, or resigned about it, it's like you take on the big guys straight on. What is the story you have to tell? What is it that makes you special? Why is it that they would want, you know, how do they get the employees, how do they get the, the customers, the consumers, the clients, you know, that are going to really resonate, you know, with the story they're telling. And promotional products is one of those ways mm -hmm. to really differentiate yourself, to show that you're, you know, that you care about your employees, you care about your customers, you get something more special working with them than you would something more special. than something else. And you want to know something. another great way of doing it too? What's that? Business radio. Is. Why, gosh darn it, that was so obvious that I didn't good. say it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Sponsors most welcome and shows. We've got some great shows coming up. I've got Arts and Commerce. I'm looking for uh, a sponsor for that for our host, who's going to be Robin Young. And we're going to be dealing right into the heart of arts and, uh, and all sorts of uh, entertainment when it comes to uh, Tucson. We've got a terrific uh, couple of lawyers coming up with a great show called Common Interest Law. And that's going to be fantastic. And I've got a, a gentleman going to be doing a show called Weeding Out Business. And that's a little bit uh, unusual. You've run for four companies as a CEO uh, for various private equity companies. Mitch, what were some of the greatest challenges in a couple of minutes? Well, for, for better or for worse, every time I was hired to come into a company as a CEO, it was always a turnaround situation. I was running to turn around and then grow the businesses, which are two different skills. And so what I ended up having to do is, is really assess the team that I had, bring in some really you know, key people, uh, make sure that I, I knew what the key metrics were, which usually is not what they were looking at, deploy the resources and run. And I'll tell you a really quick story. So there's one company that, uh, one of the companies in, in uh, Texas I was asked to run in Arlington, Texas, what was a company that, um, that we manufactured and sold wood pellet stoves, stoves that heat homes. Didn't even know what that was till I got there. Okay. <laughs> and this company, uh, in 20 years, um, they never won an award, and they also never, and they hadn't come up with a new product in six years. So that, okay, we're going to change that. Uh, just make quick. You know, they didn't believe that they could do it. I didn't have an engineer at the time, but I had a drafter. You want to be an engineer? Fine. Now you're an engineer. So we create a new product, and it was a beautiful new product, right? <laughs> and then we, so Bergula Princess, right? So we go to the trade show, right? I mean, you know, we had it ready about six minutes before the show starts, right? And so it was shaped, instead of being square, it was shaped like like, like a cylinder, and it was really beautiful looking. And everyone in, in wood pellet stoves are always black. So you know what? We're going to make ours red. And we made it figuring, you know, people would come and say, well, you know, I really like the, the red stove. Do you have it in black? Instead, like 30% of the stoves we sold ended up being red next year. Everyone's new stove was 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 red. It was right? red. You led and, the way. And then real quickly, we won the award for best new design. I brought it back to the store and I put it in the office of the engineer, right? Because we work as a team, and that was the start of the whole nice. turning around. Good day. Yeah. See, isn't that fabulous? That's great. Well, I'd like to share a little story with that when it comes to Business Radio X. This is a true story. There was a gentleman up there with... Uh, uh, with the Phoenix office, um, who Karen had met, and he's an engineer, quite a talented one, I believe. He just couldn't get a job at this particular stage. You know what the market's like, oh, you're too old, or this, or that, and that's a real shame. That's, a, that's another hour, again, talking about mature guys. But the, but the reality is, he could not get a job, okay, as an engineer, and he's, his heart's desire. He had a last uh, few dollars. He actually went into uh, his own radio show with Karen in Phoenix, and he was talking to engineers. He was offered many, many different jobs. But more importantly, someone heard the show in Spain. Of all things, right, because we're a global footprint. Sure. This Spanish company rang him up and sponsors his show now more than anything. 
That's great. And the guy has gone ahead in leaps and bounds, you know, and I'm a great believer of uh, nothing's ever over to the fat lady sings, you know what I mean? I mean, you never know what's going to happen in life next. Right. So that's a typical example of they can do. So, yeah, I think that's great. I think it's really great. We've got a couple of minutes to close and so on. Bob, um, we're, what's exciting for Stuart Total in the next couple of years? Can you tell us anything? Well, we're looking at more offices. We're looking at going in different directions and more counties. So I'm not allowed to say which counties we're looking at, but with all the growth that's happening right now, it's a good idea to turn around and start marketing out the different counties we're not into yet. Right, right. And Stuart Title, uh, you really do go out of your way to look after people that buy homes. Absolutely. Buy for that matter, you're commercial as well. I mean, you know, you're not just residential. Most of us have our notary stamps here. So when there needs to be a closing, sometimes we'll do a closing at nine thirty at night. Sometimes we've done a clo- I've done a closing in jail. It was great. It was the coolest thing. <laughs> you in jail? Or they, in jail? they were in jail. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> but when you're walking with your notary, and I made sure I got my finger names printed, and I'm walking, I'm going free. <laughs> but it was some of the things that we get to do, and some of the some of the people we get to meet is a tremendously. It's incredible, but um, it's funny. It's also funny to watch what happens out there, and when somebody lights up because they can't leave their house at 9.30 at night, and you need to get a closing done, and their wife's just coming into town, and you're sitting at somebody's table, and they're telling you your whole life story as they're signing off papers until 11 at night, that was a blast. So I'll have memories like that. We all pitch in. We all do what we possibly can to make each other shine, and we want to make everybody else shine that we're working with and, and we're giving service to. There we go. And, and they've got the foresight, too, Mitch. I mean, let's face it. Uh, here they are with the uh, it's not their radio station of course but uh, they are sponsoring the studio so consequently uh, it's our building <laughs> a brilliant move on their part wouldn't you agree I like the idea <laughs> and not too bad on mine either no, I agree. but what would you advise anybody wanting to get into your business if, if it excites them I was actually in that business uh, years and years ago and it was, I had a ball doing it because some of the stuff that's manufactured is amazing and it's just put your mind to it in reference to what businesses need. It's, uh, it can be a very challenging and creative role, can't it? Define what you mean by getting into the business. Are you talking about as a customer or as a No, 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 as, as, as a career. As a career. Okay. Anybody that's listening here has thought about maybe, well, promotional products, here we go, Tchaikovsky's again or whatever, but you would be a different ballgame working for you, right? Well, we're in the top one percent in sales in the United one half of one percent in sales in the United States. Is that better than one percent? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't buy, he didn't have to buy this one. <laughs> Forty one years ago I started in a nine foot by nine foot office next door to the Contiki. If I had to do it again, I would not do I would not be the entrepreneur. It's too difficult to be an entrepreneur. I would find a really good company that had their ducks in a row that you could go to work and just simply be a salesperson and knock it out of the park. We, our top salesperson this year made over $300,000 and we have a perfect selling machine along with the sales assistants that help them do their job. Wow. And uh, number two salesperson is my daughter who was a school teacher for 16 years until she decided 16 years ago to come on board with us and she's making a quarter of a million dollars a year. And, the, and she's in Hawaii, correct? She's in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, and uh, she's in a she's in Maui. The permanent population in Maui is seventeen thousand. So go figure how she can write a quarter of a million. She, she writes a million and a half, and she brings home a quarter of a million dollars. So, so there you go. So that's what I would do. Is a quick answer. And we do have our ducks in a row. And. Uh, so we, uh, that's incredible money, and I think you were telling me that uh, you've got business coming out of your ears. You could do with some good people right now. Well, as a matter of fact, we just had uh, last week. I had a, a lady call me. She had been in our industry for 14 years in uh, in Utah, and she is coming on board with us on the 16th. We had another gentleman that had been in the business for 16 years, also in Wisconsin that left Wisconsin and came out to stay in, to, to work in our Phoenix operation last year. Mm. So well, that's good. They checked the competition and they found that we were better than average, I suppose. Well, there you go. So what so, changes have you seen in the last 40 years that you're excited about? I'm sorry, what changes? Mm-hmm. I'm most excited with, uh, with the fact that the common denominator is just filling the needs of people and uh, uh, 
The changes that I've seen, of course, are the internet. The internet is bringing an opportunity for people that don't know what advertising, quote, advertising specialties are, but they can buy the water bottles that they need. Susie and Jane Smith, Susie is a cheerleader at XYZ High School. They need new uniforms. Jane, her mother, is the is the mom for the cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. They decide they're going to sell water bottles with the cheerleaders logo and the school's logo at, at lunch and make enough money so that they can uh, so that they can do the uh, make make the money and buy the uniforms. Right. Jane doesn't know what an advertising special is. Doesn't know Williams and Associates. Doesn't know Minkus or doesn't know Thomas Promotions or some of the other wonderful competitors that we have here. But they do know Google water bottles, and they can get on the line and order 144 water bottles. I don't have any problem at all with that. They are not our market. Our market is where we can sit down and go over the six points of a good promotion right. with a business that has probably anywhere from a $5,000 to a $250,000 a year budget, and then we can really serve them. That's what we're looking It makes for. a lot of difference when you think about it that way. Mitch, you launched your business as a full-time endeavor about two years ago. What, what made you decide to do that? What were your biggest challenges? And what advice would you give others today was considering broke. launching <laughs> their own business? Yeah, now um, I, uh, um, so I've been uh, coaching and consulting people on and off for about 15, 20 years. And then I decided, you know, my real passion, you know, I, I love turning around companies. I love working for big companies. It was wonderful. But... I said, you know what, I really, I'd love to do this full-time. So I got the office, uh, and it's it's really taken off. And, uh, and it's just, it's very, very rewarding. The challenge is, is just getting people to know who you are and what you do. But fortunately, like I said, since I got here four and a half years ago, I got very, very involved in the community, uh, both knowing the you know, local politicians, knowing the, the business groups, getting on boards of directors and not-for-profits. And that all makes it. I, I mentored a lot of people, and so when you have a reputation of, of giving back, um, it can come around. I mean, it's not transactional. You, know, you help people out, you get a positive reputation, and ultimately there, there's a positive karma about it. Mm -hmm. You know, which is great, and it's uh, it's it's going very very well. My my clients are, are really flourishing. They're growing. They're hiring people. Right. Uh, and it's uh, it's a terrific ter terrific time. So as cliche as it is, what goes around comes around. It really does. It really does. I believe that. Uh, one other real quick thing is what Bert said. By the way, what Bert said is a, is you know what he said about you know answering the question about how you know how to get in the business. That was his brilliant way of saying. You can work for me, or I'm going to take you out. <laughs> so it's your choice. I love <laughs> are you going to are you going to quick uh, quick joke to finish with, maybe Bob? Oh, I wish I had a joke on me at the not on the moment. All right. Have you got a quick one? Uh, a quick one. A quick one. A joke. A clean one. Oh, <laughs> a clean joke. Oh, Bit of a laugh to go out. Let's see. Well, I'm going to offend somebody with this. Of course, you're. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Next month. Ann and I are having our 55th wedding anniversary, and so, there we go. So, she, I asked her what she wanted for her anniversary, and she got all excited, and she put up her arms, and she said, oh, I want something really shiny that'll go zero to 160 in two seconds, so I bought her a bathroom are still sleeping on the couch tonight. That's <laughs> good. So what about you, Mitch? Come on. All right, I'll tell you what, I'll just end with a, a quick bit of advice, okay? You know, I've been married for uh, 29 years, you know, great, great woman, thank goodness. You know, her benchmark was low enough that I could get in there. And, and what I always say to people who are getting married, here's the advice I have, right? It, a successful marriage has to do with compromise, okay? You know, you do things her way. She does things her way. Yeah. And everybody's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's 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 yours? You know, what's hers is hers, and what's yours? Yours is hers. That's right. Very simple. Isn't it? You know, happy. What is it? Happy life. Happy, happy wife, wife. Happy life. Yeah. There you go. That's right. God, I tell you what. And our next show coming up at noon, by the way, is all women, and these are entrepreneurs. They are leaders in their field. They have broken through the glass ceiling, because that is the name of the show. No glass ceiling. And it's right here on Business Radio X at noon, if you can stick around. I'm going to try and figure out what I do next, technically. And make sure I don't wipe this show. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. 
uh, on the inaugural show, Mitch Pizak, uh, executive coach and business consultant, can be contacted, by the way, um, your website. Well, you do, Mitch, that's your thing. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is probably best for you, .com slash in slash Mitch Pizak, and then his Twitter, but you have a website, don't you? Yeah, it's... Um, it's all off there? Yeah, okay, yeah. well, they can find you. Yeah. 631-943-5275. I don't like giving numbers out on radio. People never have a pen or they're driving, but you never know. Uh, you can you can hear this later, of course, on the podcast, 631-943-5275. Bernie Boy, any last little things you'd like to do? I would like to say this to the radio audience, that Business Radio X is going to be, I predict, a fabulous success. And I've been on some of these radio talk things like this, and Mark, you're the best I've ever seen. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Hands down. That's made my day. Absolutely. (laughs) Made my month. And Bob, something from you? Thank you so much for having me. It has been a blast. And, and building this this room with you here at the radio station, we have been so excited for the last month and a half. So we, we appreciate you being here. Oh, it's very great. Thank you very much indeed. And thanks to uh, to Robin Young that has helped me and supported me terribly. Uh, she, Robin is going to be doing her own show, and she does our social media, and we'll catch up with that. I want to thank Keith, uh, Keith in uh, Pensacola. Uh, he's done a wonderful job helping and supporting and uh, we're growing it's the fastest growing business network in America and there'll be some other exciting because we're in Pensacola we're in Atlanta we're in Phoenix now mm-hmm. and our objective is to help small business in fact our objective with the owners of the company want to do not just the top 500 companies but the top 500,000 and that's where we're heading and that's what we're doing so nice. if we can help people the better it is does Radio Business X have a promotional products distributor I want to talk to you, <laughs> <laughs> you ask him for the business there you go <laughs> you've got it see this whole here just called trade <laughs> that's about it I'm going to press this button and hope to God something plays as a close it's coming off that and if it does it does if it doesn't it doesn't but we're right on time for an hour I can see uh, I'll shut it out of that thank you very much indeed alright <laughs> You'll be listening to Business Radio X.